You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Did you see that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 6? We're going to read this out loud together. Verse 33. Ready? Read. What do you hear when you read that verse? Priorities. Everybody say priorities. Seek. First implies there's going to be a second, at least. Many times, three, four, five, or six times. What's Jesus talking about? In the context, he was talking about things that people look for in life. What we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. Every day, people wake up in the morning and, you know, struggle and battle through life. It's like I've asked before, how many of you cannot wait for your alarm to go off on Monday? You know, and you get people that, you know, get up on a Monday early and have to get the kids to school, fighting all the way, getting the traffic, fighting the traffic, get to the work, fight with the boss, work through the day, hate the people they work with, get home, you know, fight the traffic, go home, kick the cat on the way in, you know, have a problem with the wife and then, you know, go to bed late, get the kids into bed, go to sleep, wake up the next day, do it again. Why are you doing that? Well, we've got to live somewhere. Why? So I can work. Why are you working? So I can live somewhere. I mean, you know, life is just this crazy cycle of just confusion and trying to get, 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 get. And Jesus never intended for us to live that kind of life. I said, Jesus never intended for us to live that kind of life. He said, these are the things that Gentiles, people without covenant, worry about. And the problem is that when we Come When we're born again, as we are born into the kingdom of God, we are born of His Spirit. The Bible says we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son, the kingdom of His love. And so when we're born again, your spirit is recreated. But have you noticed your mind you still wrestle with? How many of you ever had a thought, and then when that thought happens, you go, wait, 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 I'm a Christian. Why, why would I think that? Has that ever happened to you? you know, where did that thought come from? I'm supposed to be a Christian. Well, there's the renewing of the mind. And the problem with that is that the enemy understands this, and he will still keep us, even though you're born again, try and keep you trapped in an old mindset. And if you can keep you trapped in an old mindset, it doesn't matter how saved you are, we can get distracted and pulled off course if we give in to what our minds are calling for. And one of the ways is that when you're born again, the most important thing is God so loved the world that He gave His Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal, have eternal, have eternal. That's the primary purpose for Jesus' salvation. With that come benefits. But if the enemy can get us off of the primary and focused on the benefits, and we become focused on what can God get to me, what I need, what I got to get for my, I need healing, I need deliverance, I need provision, I need protection, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Before we know it, we're driven by the same things the Gentiles are driven by. And then it becomes about serving God for what I can get out of Him. And Jesus is saying, we've got to get our priorities right. It's not about what we can get out of God. 
Am I speaking to the right people today? Let me hear a bigger amen. It's not about what I can. I know you have needs, but Jesus even said it. He said, you will have these things. But you notice how he said it? He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, these things will be added to you. It's, like, it's not like God doesn't not aware you need them. And if you beg him enough, he'll give it to you. He's saying, if you get your priorities right, he will sort that out for you. He will make sure that you provided for. He will make sure that you protected. He will make sure that you healed. He'll make sure that you're able to be at your peak performance to be able to carry out what he's called you to do. Whatever you need for that calling will be provided. You don't have to worry about those things. So when we make a decision, I'm putting that aside. I'm going to make the kingdom of God my priority, his righteousness. And the Amplified says it's God's way of doing things and doing it right. So what do, when we talk about the kingdom of God, what are God's priorities? Because it's vitally important that if we want to walk according to his priorities, I have to ask him what he thinks is important. Hallelujah. So that's one of the misunderstandings when it comes to faith. Faith's not about what I think I need and then throwing it on the prayer mat and saying, God, now I need this. Please make it happen. No, if I'm seeking God's kingdom, I hear from him what he wants to do. And when I hear from him what he wants to do, then I put my faith to that. That's when you're going to see your prayers answered every single time. Why? Because he asked for it. It's actually not me asking anymore. It's him that wants it to happen. Did Jesus say he is building his church? Did he say it? He said, I will build my church. So then I don't have to try and build it. I'm not building it for him. If he wants to build his church, then he is going to make provision for it to happen. Can I get a bigger amen? So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now notice what he does with that authority. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all things. Everybody say all things. all things. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. How many want to know that Jesus is with you all the time? I, I think that would be my primary request. That I, I know you say you never leave me nor forsake me, but I want to know that I'm in that right place, that you're always with me. Well, yeah, he said, if you do this, then I am with you. These are the people Jesus is with. Now, who are those? Notice he said, teach them to observe how much? All that I have commanded you. So if this instruction incorporates everything he has taught, Command them, make disciples, and teach them all that I've commanded you. Then this is the primary command. Because everything else falls under this. 
Everything else, you take whatever Jesus ever taught, it falls under this statement. So this makes this the primary instruction. This is the first. Seek first. You want to seek first? You go with what's primary. I cannot teach B, C, or even X, Y, and Z unless A is in place. So we don't pick and choose what we teach. We have to take everything Jesus has taught and teach that corporately. And how do we do that? He says the way you're going to do it is by discipleship. Everybody say disciple. So discipling is a term that is used. And so this is where a lot of misunderstanding happens. Discipling is not about control. Discipling is not about a checkup. Discipling is not about, you know, anything that people may think about. What it is, is saying, everything I've learned, I want to impart that into somebody else. I want to be a part of taking what I've learned and model it. Show someone else. See, I can tell you what to do. How many of you have heard uh, people, you know, bad parenting 101? Don't do what, I, what you see, do what I say. You know, I, I, I can drink this beer, but you don't. Okay, don't get me going on something here. Don't, don't do what you see, do what I say. Now, that's not right. Because children watch. People watch. I want to see how you live. If you say this is the way we live, I want to see it. Because what you say is drowned out by how you're acting. Say amen. amen. Say that. <laughs> what, I what I say is drowned out by what I see. What someone else says is drowned out by what I see them doing. In other words, my words need to line up with the actions. My actions need to line up with the words. If I say I'm a Christian and I say I believe Jesus, then there are certain things that are going to manifest in my life. There's no ways I can say I'm a Christian and then do something that's contrary to his word. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. Every one of us make mistakes. But praise God, we're not doing that on purpose. I'm talking about a lifestyle. How many of you know if you make a mistake twice, you need to make an adjustment. Third time, it's, it's touching now on practice. Fourth time, you keep going at it. You're doing it every day. Eventually, you don't care. That's no longer a mistake. We're talking about a change of lifestyle. That change of lifestyle is what we're demonstrating to this world. You know, someone once said that you might be the only Bible somebody reads. In other words, they, they, they got a Bible somewhere in the house. They don't even know where it is, but they never pick it up and read it. How many you notice people always know the scripture? Like, do not judge is the one scripture. Everybody, the whole world knows that one. Isn't that right? And there's a lot of things that people think are in the Bible that aren't even there because they never picked up their Bible and read it, but they're watching Christians. They're watching you. Amen. So... Jesus is saying to make disciples. Making a disciple means I'm going to demonstrate the life of Christ 
in a way that it manifests in those around me. I want to be a part of imparting what Jesus is teaching me. Have a look at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus just had a run-in with the Sadducees. And the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. So they gathered together. These guys were constantly questioning him, trying to trip him up. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Another translation and cross-reference says, what is the greatest commandment? Everybody say greatest. greatest. Everybody say priority. priority. So greatest would be the first, right? This is the first. We're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. This is the priority. Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Everybody say first and great commandment. And then he says, and the second is like it. What does like it mean? It's equivalent. In other words, this is still part. He may say the second but if it's like it, it's equivalent to the first. So quite literally, you can take these two statements as one, as the first. The first is, which they all knew, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And Jesus says, and the second is equivalent. This is the priority. Everybody say priority. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind? Everybody puts their hands up. That's our desire, isn't that right? Well, just as quickly, he says we must love our neighbor as ourselves. Who's your neighbor? Anyone that you're not. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's a whole nother message. Evidently, you've got to learn to love yourself first. But that comes through salvation, right? Finding out who you are in Christ and loving who He created. I'm not going down that road now. That's a whole nother message. But the point is, every one of us look out for ourselves. Isn't that right? If you're hurting, you try to fix it. If you're hungry, you feed yourself. If you're thirsty, you drink. Isn't that right? You, you, if you're getting up, you, get, you put clothes on. You clean up. You, we always make sure we are sorted out. And Jesus is saying you need to have the same priority you put on yourself is you're going to put that priority on others. And this is equivalent to saying you love God. It's equivalent. Everybody say Priorities. Now look at verse 40. This is very interesting. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, everything God ever said. Now how many of you know that it is impossible for us to keep all the law, the old covenant laws, every single law? 
That's been proved. And that's another study as well. What was the purpose of the Lord wasn't to make perfect people. It was to demonstrate a need for Christ. There's no ways I could fulfill the law. Yet Christ came and He fulfilled the entire law. And in His fulfillment of the law, when you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, it's no longer you who love, live. It's Christ who lives in you. And therefore, you now, in Christ, He has fulfilled the law then that law is fulfilled. But you, in practice, what Jesus is saying, if you struggle with all the laws, you name a law, and you may have a problem with it, if you get this right, all the other laws work. If you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and you love others the way you love yourself, you don't have to worry about, thou shalt not commit adultery. Because if I love you and I love my wife, they both, that my wife would fall into neighbor category, even though she's far closer than any other neighbor. And then I love my neighbor and I love him the way I love God. Then I respect him. I respect my wife too much. I respect my children. I respect my ministry, everyone I'm discipling. I won't even go near anyone else. I'm constrained by the law of love. I don't have to think about it while I'm loving. I don't have to think what I may or may not do. The law itself drives me. You don't have to teach me to be generous. If I see a need in your life, I want to help you. I want to fill that need. Are you with me? You don't have to tell me to give. It's driven out of love. I don't have to wonder whether I should steal that or not because if I take it, it's going to cost somebody else and I don't want it costing them. I love them. Are you getting this? So everything is fulfilled. Every need that you ever want, every desire that you ever need, anything that has to happen in your life, whatever it is, if you understand, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and love others the way you love yourself, Jesus said, if you do that, the entire promises of God are fulfilled. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. What's he talking about? That's religious rituals, right? Religious practices. But faith working through love. Say this, faith works through love. What does that mean? Well, the power of faith, for faith to operate, the root, the foundation of faith has to be love. In other words, before I stand in faith for something, consider is this done from a heart of love. Because if love is not the motivation and love is not the foundation and love is not the drive behind it, then faith will not work. Faith, love is the very power force of love. If you believe in God for anything, it's going to begin with the foundation of love. Say this, if I believe in for anything, it begins from a foundation of love. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. What's that talking about? Any human language 
or your heavenly prayer language, tongues. Thou hast speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Whenever I read that verse, I remember back in our early days when we first planted the church, we started our church in a, the full gospel church hall in Drama Street. And if anyone's been there, you'll see that it's right in the residential area. There's houses on all three sides and, of course, over the road as well. And one day I taught on this verse and I wanted to show what a clanging cymbal was. And we had our drums there and I got a hold of a stick and I hit those cymbals till they got real, real loud. Because obviously I'm trying to make a demonstration until everybody, you know, I want their ears ringing to understand what a clanging cymbal is. And while I'm banging, 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 next moment there's banging on the windows of the church <laughs> building. And we had these louver windows and it... <laughs> now look, and it's the neighbor from next door. <laughs> Way too much noise for his liking on a Sunday morning. So for the sake of anybody that might have problems with ears, I won't do a clanging cymbal today. But you can understand a clanging cymbal. It's a noise. It's so uncomfortable that the neighbor comes to knock on the door. And what's he saying? You can say the nicest things, but if it doesn't come out of a heart of love, it's irritating. You can tell when someone's been nice, just be nice, and you can tell it's they've got the... It, you can just tell. This is, this is just, this is not, uh, you know where they're coming from. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? You know, they, they can say the nicest things and you go, yeah. It, it, it's noise. Because why? The foundation, the heart of it wasn't love. Come on, are you getting a hold of this? Verse 2, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Wow. Prophecy? Faith that moves mountains? You think God would be impressed? No, if the foundation is not love, the motive is not love, it counts for nothing. You don't impress God with how strong your faith is. Are you getting this? Verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Everybody say priorities. Look at John 13, verse 34. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. Now remember, he's saying that I'm asking you to disciple people and command them, teach them, Everything I've commanded you. Now he spoke about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And then love others as yourself. And he says, now I'm adding something to that. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, not as you love yourself, as I Loves you. That you also love one another. Now their family, if he said love others the way you love yourself, and you go, well, I don't really love myself anyway. <laughs> no, he says, hang on, I'm upping it. I'm taking it to kingdom level. 
This is fourth dimensional talking. I'm not even asking you to love others the way you love yourself. How you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind? Then you love others the way I love you. How you know God loves you unconditionally? God says, I never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I forgive all your sins. I don't even remember your iniquities. I cast them as far as the east is from the west. I've forgiven you of the guilt of your sin. Sometimes we forgive people, but we don't forget. And God says, I don't even remember, and I forgive you for the guilt. You don't even have to feel shame that you sinned against me. Love others the way I love you. Wow. That's deep. I said that is deep. Now, look at verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. Who's discipling you? Ultimately, it's going to be Jesus. Well, how are they going to know you're my disciple? People are watching. They're watching. So you say you're a Christian. But how come you're always backbiting each other? How many are always skinnering about each other? How come you're always talking about each other? How come you're always fighting amongst each other? How come you're always arguing amongst each other? I hear you go to church. I wouldn't even talk about my best friend, my enemy, the way you talk about your mother. <laughs> are you getting this? How will they know we are disciples? When we love one another. The world's looking for reality. They're looking for authentic. This is not faked. This comes from a heart of knowing who God is. Say amen. Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another, notice, not even loves God. He who loves another has fulfilled the law. Isn't that amazing? How many want to know that you fulfilled the law of God? Well, it begins with loving one another. Praise God. Say this. I owe no one anything except to love them. Can you make that quality decision? Make a decision from this day on. I'm loving others the way I love God and the way God loves me. Galatians 5 verse 14. All the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you love your neighbor as yourself. James puts it this way, chapter 2, verse 8. James 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. Everybody say, royal law. Royal. Say it again. Royal. Say it again. Royal. What's royal? 
That is priority. That is first. This is the most high. This is the above. This is before anything else. The royal law. The royal law. This, in other words, all the other laws fall under this. This is the priority. How many of you heard us say, love is king? Everybody say it. Now, what do we mean by that? What, what does that statement mean? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Family, I'm telling you, you get yourself a concordance. Do yourself a favor. Go and search how often these verses show up. I had to start filtering out just so that I can get this done in the time I have. But the scripture, one after the other, this is, all, this is the priority message. And it amazes me that we have to even talk about it. This should be so on top of everything that we do. But I'm here to inspire our, our faith. Amen. Inspire our faith and inspire our love. How many want to live the royal law of love? Now, listen, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Amen. Say God is love. This doesn't even say God loves, which he does, of course. That's like saying water is wet. Now, people argue with that as well. No, the water makes wet. I don't, just forget the pedantics. Wet comes with the water. Are you with me? You can't say I have water, but I'm not wet. If you have water, you're going to be wet. If you're not wet, there's no water. I said, if you're not wet, there's no water. I said, if you're not wet... There's no water. Write it down. I know it sounds obvious. But here's the point. God is love. It's who He is. It's His nature. It's His very essence. It's His being. It's His DNA. If you touch God, you touch love. He is love. That's why we say love God. When you hear the word love, you should hear God. Love is king. God is king in this house, which makes love King. And if love is king and love is God and you're born again and you know God and God is in you, that means you have water on you. If you wet and I hug you, I should be getting wet. Because if I'm hugging someone and it's just dry, do they have any water? So when I speak to someone who says they know God and says they love God, am I getting that impression from them? Because if someone's sitting and skinnering and talking and talking ugly about their brother, I go, do you love them? Because if you love, you'd be splashing love. If I'm going to talk about somebody to you about someone else, it's going to come from a heart of love. And if it's coming from a heart of love, you're not going to hear me criticizing them and talking them down, talking about them and talking about what they did. and Because if they did anything to me, I should have forgiven them already. Why am I talking to you about it? I know it's getting quiet now, but you might as well say amen, even if it's by faith. 
Because out of a heart of love, I'm going to demonstrate that love. I need to be hearing love, tasting love, feeling love. Come on, can someone give Jesus praise this morning? Is, is this helping you? Is this encouraging you? I want it known at the Bay Christian Family Church, any church, of course, but I'm speaking primarily today. And if it's on television, wherever you may be, when someone walks in those doors and you walk into a, a, a sea of love. Why? Because God is in the house. Why is it that somebody says, I, I've been coming to this church and you say love is king, but I don't feel it. What's happening? Now, I get people have problems and if they have problems, they might be in a dry bubble and that's why they're not feeling any love. But we should be able to invade that and just love unconditionally. Even if someone's ugly to me, I love back. I don't love you because you love me. I love you because God first loved me. God is in me and His love is in me and I can hug someone even though they're beating me on the head and the chest and swearing at me. I'll hug you closer and closer. Just keep my head out the way, but I'll just keep hugging you until eventually you go, okay. How many of us are prepared to do that? Can you see Jesus that no matter when, I know when I fought him and I rejected the gospel and I cursed him and I cursed Christians and I hated anybody that tried to even talk to me about the gospel and yet he was pulling me closer and closer and closer. He said, I don't, are you, you, you think of the way I spoke about him, you say, well then take a walk then. No, he kept loving me and kept drawing me, kept pulling me in closer and closer and closer till eventually I went, okay, if someone loves me that much, I give my life to you. Come on, how do you know what I'm saying? That happened to you. I'm, I'm sure that's what happened to you. Well, why don't we love others the same way? Why are we so easily offended when someone says something ugly to us? Why are we so easily, well, if that's the way you think, well, I just don't need to see you. I've got lots of other friends over here. No, the ones we should be loving are those that are fighting and are arguing and are struggling to get away from you. Those are the ones we want to bring into the kingdom of God. So come on, say amen. Why love someone else and say, I love you if they love you back? What, what have you really achieved? Now that love is for winning people to Jesus. Can I get a bigger amen? Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If I know God, I love the way God loves. John chapter 14, verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Let me see how many you believe in Jesus. Amen. The works that I do, you will do also, Jesus says. The greater works than he, and greater works than these, he will do because I go to my Father. How many want to see greater works happening in your life? Amen. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. How many of you would like that to happen? How many of you would like to say, whatever I ask, it's going to happen? Is that what he's saying? And that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If. <laughs> There's an if. Here's the condition. If you love me, keep my commandments. And what's the greatest commandment? Love. The royal law. 
See, Jesus is just saying, ask whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Well, I need this and I need that. That's not what he's talking about. Your foundation is this commandment of love. When you're loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and you love others the way God loves them, and I'm looking out for others, then when I see a need, Father, I'm asking you, help me meet that need. It's out of love. And God says, Jesus said, he'll respond. He'll immediately. Why? Because he wants to touch them more than you want to. But now I'm driven by this heart of love. So now it's not about me getting my big house and my big car and my big this and my big that. It's about how can I love others? I want to help others know Jesus the way I know him. How you say amen to that? 1 John chapter 2 verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him. How many want to know that you know Jesus? Do I, do I know Jesus? Well, by this you'll know him. If we keep his commandments. If he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments, he's a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. The love of God. The love of God. How many want to grow in the love of God? You see, as I've, as I've explained everything, it's easy to say, but that's so hard because we know people. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to try and do it in your own ability. Just see others through the eyes of Jesus. Not your own feelings and your own rights. No, I'm looking at them the way Jesus looks at them. And all I need to do is say what he said. If I do what he said do, and I walk according to his commandments, and the greatest commandment is to impart this into those around me, those that God has assigned to me to disciple, and I teach them the same way of life, then what happens is that love begins to develop. It develops. It's not something you say, ah, I'm going to try love now. Okay, I'm going to love you now. And Pastor Sam, I love you by force. <laughs> and by choice. <laughs> but what happens is, I may not feel it right now, but I'm going to respond the way Jesus said. And when I respond the way Jesus said, what happens is, that love develops. Next time I see a situation, my flesh wants to, but now I do the, what Jesus said. And I do what Jesus said, put the flesh aside, that love develops. And family, as long as you make that practice, I made a decision. One day when I saw this, God said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. I didn't know what that meant. Because how do you, how do you feel that? How do you, and I just started. I just said, Lord, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul and all my mind. And my, my mind saying, Really? Because it felt like, you know, like, are you being hypocritical? Does it, 
I just said, Lord, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my mind. I did it two, three, four, five times a day, just every day, just every time I woke up. Lord, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul. And I noticed things started happening around me. I started living this, demonstrating it, imparting that into other people's lives. Just kept saying, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And one day I lifted my hand and said, I love you with all my heart. <laughs> and that, that just... It just came like waves and waves and waves. I couldn't even finish the sentence. I just, the, I just experienced the presence of God, but not just power or heat or electricity, but the knowledge. I am enveloped in love. For the first time, I, I knew, I didn't feel, I knew love. I know love. Not the motion or the feeling, the person. He loves me. And he let me know it. How can I not love with this love? And from that day on, you just have to walk in it. It's perfected. It's matured. By this, we know him. John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and I abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatever I command you, how many want to be known as a friend of Jesus? If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Then whatever you ask the Father, it says that, but I'm saying then, but it's the same, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Family, who are you loving? I've always asked the question, this is what we have made a, a, a staple question in our ministry, is who are you discipling? When you hear that, I want you to hear, who are you loving? Who are you discipling? Who are you loving? Because if I love you, then I'm going to want to see you. When, you. when I don't see you in church, it's not a checkup. Where were you? Why weren't you in church? It's, I know what we're getting here. And I don't want you to miss it. This is what's giving you life. This is the word that's going to transform and change you. It's my love that wants you here. If I see someone just standing and they're not singing during praise and worship, what, where are you hurting? 
What, what's holding you? What, is, something, is there something broken? Did someone hurt you? Are you struggling with an issue? Is there a problem? It's not, why aren't you singing? There's a reason. I know when I didn't sing when I first came in, it was because I was all broken. Something messed me up from my previous religious experience. But when I discovered the love of God, you couldn't stop me from singing. Let me love you back to His presence. Let me love you. Let me be the part of your healing. Let me reintroduce you. Let me bring you back. Let's both go together into the throne room of grace. Let's get grace to help in this time of need. That's discipleship. Who are you loving? Who's loving you? Who's discipling you? Two very important questions. Does this help you this morning? Can we give Jesus praise for his work? Come on, let's give him glory. Let's stand together. Place your hand on your heart and say, Father, thank you so much. I receive your word today. As a hearer of your word, I'm also a doer. You are love. Today, you've imparted the faith of your word within my heart. And you have imparted your very love within me. From this day on, I want to love others the way you love me. Holy Spirit, you know the Father intimately. Show me that intimacy. Teach me. Guide me. Instruct me. Help me. Reveal to me how to love the way the Father loves. The way Jesus loves me. And let me be that same love to others. Let me introduce others to who you are by showing them, demonstrating your love that you have for them. And let me be that conduit to demonstrate that love. I lay down my own selfish ambitions. I lay aside my own feelings, my own offenses. I refuse to give in to the flesh. I heal to your great spirit of love. I love because you first loved me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.